Get ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20-plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, we got a lot to unpack. The first Friday of the month was July 1st, but you know what? The Bureau of Labor Statistics that kicked it back a week because of one of the greatest holidays we celebrate, July 4th. And so last week on the 8th, Friday the 8th, we had the June jobs report, which is really the second half of May and the first half of June jobs. A lot to unpack. We'll get into the internals, as they're called, and I will triangulate three different fantastic sources. And if you hang around, we're going to talk about why you are myopic and short-sighted, and especially the younger generation at alarming rates. But we'll get into that later. Okay, so the median expectation for the June jobs report on the second Friday of July was uh, 250,000 jobs to be created, but there were 372,000 jobs created. So that's good news, but we have a little good news, bad news here. So good news, strong number, bad news, still below 400,000. Good news, we're marching towards getting back all the jobs we lost, uh, lost pre-pandemic, pre-COVID, almost there. Uh, bad news is we have people leaving the labor force. So let's get into what Logan Motoshami, the lead housing analyst at Housing Wire, calls the internals. Um, I'm going to triangulate for you from him, something he said, uh, Barry Habib and Dan Habib, uh, great uh, Habib family over there, Jake as well, um, over at MBS Highway, and also something I heard from Jeremy Siegel, the economics professor at Wharton School of Business for University of Penn. I'm triangulate all that stuff for you, the internals. So um, MBS Highway mentioned that um, there were 74,000 jobs revised down in prior reports for April and May, which tempers the optimism slightly. Um, and they also mentioned <clears throat> that there were 315,000 job losses in this June report, but they were kind of masked by the fact that 353,000 people left the labor force. Therefore, the unemployment rate did not change. It's at 3.6%. So that's some internal readings. Now, Jeremy Siegel mentions that... Um, uh, the actual hours worked were down significantly. So imagine you have a worker, a job is created, but they're working less hours per worker. And that reduction in hours worked, um, if you add them all up, um, actually is equivalent of thousands of jobs lost. But that's not the way the report works. But that's an internal data point, which is bad news underlying some of the good news. It's like people are looking for bad news, but they're looking for... Reasons that are pointing to a potential recession, which, of course, if we ever get there or we're already in one or if the Fed stops rate uh, rate hikes, then, you know, maybe we'll see interest rates freeze and then maybe get to a point to where they start coming down and we'll see some more refinance activity and some more home affordability. Anyway, then Logan Motoshami also mentioned that, um, you know, as a country, we're not really good at creating jobs. And I thought that was a very interesting point. Um, you know, we had a lot of uh, baby boomers leaving the workforce. We had 3 million people in the pandemic 
um, leave the workforce completely and just retire early. Some of them have come back uh, because there are 11 million, uh, 11.35 million jobs open. Now that's down, um, you know, a few hundred thousand from the peak. I believe it's down about 500,000 from the peak in March. Um, so good news, bad news, right? There's still two jobs for every one uh, worker that's looking. Of course, workers keep leaving the workforce and we have people that are retiring. Um, we can get into like the death rate, birth rate, and all that kind of stuff. We can get into that later if I still have time in my 10-minute ramble here as I'm already four minutes in. Okay, big news coming out this week. Um, we've got uh, CPI, uh, the Consumer Price Index, and we have the Producer Price Index. We'll get a look. That's Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday we get some retail sales, uh, kind of a flash reading of Michigan Consumer Sentiment, Sentiment Survey. How are consumers feeling? Are they spending um, in a strong manner? Remember, 70% of the gross domestic product is consumer spending in the United States. And of course, the prices, the input prices for PPI and consumer prices, if inflation is continuing to rise, we have a hot read there. Uh, well, you know, that could be, um, you know, uh, the green light even more so for the Fed to continue to raise the federal funds rate. Um, wage price uh, inflation, call it the wage price spiral. Um, as wages continue to go up in this strong job economy that we have, um, that would keep inflation sticky and persistent, which would give the Fed the green light to continue to raise uh, the federal funds rate, which brings interest rates up on everything. And uh, the consensus after the jobs report last week was that a 75 basis point rate hike uh, will still be done here at the next meeting at the end of the month, which by the way, we're also getting a reading of Q2 GDP at the end of the month. So tons of data coming out to bring certainty to all of us. Um, so lots of good information coming out for the rest of the week. Uh, by the way, I read a very interesting article. Um, it said that Canada has a tight labor market as well. And they are going to raise 75 basis points. So it's not just us. It's all over the world. Um, there was something said uh, in my video last week where I talked about non-QM. And I talked about some of the battles that are faced by non-QM lenders. It also faces jumbo lenders. Those are what's known as private label securities, the PLS market. They are less liquid. There are less buyers. And when you securitize a loan of any type, close, you fund, kind of pool a bunch of them together, you take some time to do that, and then once you create your security, then you go out and you sell it on the market. And I mentioned how awful and archaic I thought that our um, our securities, um, you know, scheduling is. Um, you know, you may have heard of SIFMA. Um, it is the Securities um, Industry and Financial Markets Association, SIFMA. And uh, it's basically a trade organization that kind of sets out regulations and, um, you know, it sets a schedule, if you will. There's, I used to uh, help people. Uh, I used to trade uh, securities at my last company and help people on our secondary desk and cap market. So I know enough to be dangerous. And that's what's called a SIFMA schedule for mortgage-backed securities. Basically, um, when you're pooling, let's say, a August security for a, a universal mortgage-backed security, there's like a date once a week where you have to continue to take these loans, you close and fund, and you stuff them in a security, so to speak. And over time, as you do that, you um, make that security whole, and then you can buy to close it, and then you're done with it. You can you know, get rid of that security. Well, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Ginnie Mae securities are highly liquid. Remember, liquidity 
is what greases the skids and makes our industry, our economy, the velocity of money, turning it over, over and over within our economy and spending. That is what makes everything go around. And when you've got the United States government, the federal government, the Treasury backing explicitly uh, mortgage-backed securities like they have to the tune of like something like, I don't know, would they buy, would they buy trillions of dollars of mortgage-backed securities? I think there's something like 12 trillion outstanding out there. I think they just bought, um, you know, they just raised their balance sheet by 9 trillion. So, uh, which includes treasuries, of course. Um, that liquidity keeps that going. So when we had a liquidity like halt and freeze back in March of 20 and April 20, in came the Fed to the rescue to create liquidity. Well, the private label securities, non-QM loans, jumbo loans, AKA non-agency loans, they don't have that explicit backing. It's all done by private buyers. And so um, I read an IMF today, they're kind of talking about this topic, much less verbose than me. Uh, they basically said, given the amount of time it takes for issuers to accumulate enough mortgages to make a securitization profitable, loans and non-agency MBS uh, often have to season for at least two months. Well, in two months, the beginning of the year, rates went up. So these private buyers are like, yeah, we told you we'd buy it from you, but we don't really want to buy stuff for you know, your 3 4 5% rate. Going rates for non-QMs and jumbos are much higher. So you could just keep your security. So now, if you're a lender and you're stuck with that security, you got to find another buyer that's willing to take it. Or else you got to eat the losses. 20, 30 cents of the dollar losses? It's pretty heavy. So, um, you know, I just... I feel like that um, security scheduling should be, you know, the technology is there. Blockchain is there. I know it's going to take forever to get there. Got to the rulemaking process to change everything. Takes forever. But we have instant technology. I mean, I could buy anything online in an instant, have it delivered to me by a drone, right? I can deliver money around the world at no cost. Why does it take so long for securities to settle? Anyway, um, awful news that uh, former Japanese premier uh, Shinzo Abe was murdered in Japan. And uh, Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister, stepped down. Such awful things going on. Okay, I told you I'd talk about myopia. The more we stare at our screens, the more we become short-sighted and our eyeballs become elongated. And it's happening at alarming rates, especially to younger people. Stop staring at your screens, people. We're becoming short-sighted. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona Del Mar. It's almost Newport Beach. Uh, I actually snuck out of the office. My daughter is nine, the oldest one out of four kids, three girls and a boy. She graduated her junior lifeguards certificate class, four week class. So there they all are, a bunch of kids out there. We're basically in Crystal Cove, for those of you that know the area, this is called Reef Point. And uh, anyway, when I was in summer camp, it was through the YMCA and the hot ass Texas sun and it sucked. If you killed any animals, you had to eat it. So they don't know how good they have it. Anyway, let's talk inflation. We had some massive reports coming out. I figured my Thursday video, I'd get lucky here and have some scenery. Um, we had a PPI report, which is the producer price index report. And uh-oh, uh-oh, uh high tide rolling in. Uh, so PPI was high, it was point. Uh, 3% higher than the prior month, I believe. Uh, that reading is um, over 11% year over year. I mean, that's that's the input cost to produce goods in America, which our GDP is 70% made up of consumer spending for buying goods and services. Yesterday, 
the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, came in, and that was a pretty hot read as well. It was um, over 1.1% higher uh, from the month before, from May to June, 1.1% from May to June. And uh, year over year, there's now a headline reading of 9%. Now, um, I gotta give a big hat tip to the MBS Highway crew, uh, Dan and Barry Habib, and, uh, and Jake and Megan and Diana, they had a really awesome video they put out the other day. And if you haven't subscribed to MBS Highway, it's super important. And I'll, I'll kind of tie this all back into how our housing market will will be impacted. But um, they, they explain how that index is calculated. So it's a 12 month uh, index. So all 12 monthly readings, like the 1.1% CPI we had yesterday, and the 1.3% monthly increase for uh, PPI, what they are doing is they're replacing uh, the number from 13 months ago, okay? So so last June is now replaced with these two numbers and they're much higher. And you add up the last 12 in a row. Now why this is important is for the consumer price index. Uh, by the way, this is like Laguna Beach over here. I mean, if you've ever driven up here, it's like Javier's, Mastro's, and Newport Coast, you know, all, all the people who are, who are living well. Anyway, it's gorgeous. I try and get more scenery and less uh, data and wonkiness here. But um, so what they broke down on the CPI is that um, the next couple readings, the July, August, and um, September readings for consumer price index are actually very small numbers like 0.3%, 0.3, something like that. So if 1% keeps being the monthly adjustment as uh, these older numbers get replaced, I mean, we could see a 10, even an 11% consumer price index and inflation reading. That's that's pretty insane. And so, um, so where the talk all goes now is the Fed is... Uh, certainly justified in continuing to raise rates. Literally before yesterday morning, there was like a, like a 5% chance the next rate hike would be 100 basis points. There were some people talking about peak inflation. Um, I've even been guilty of saying it because it's in the conversation. I think peak inflation is probably uh, not going to be talked about at least for a couple months now. And um, the Fed could potentially do a 100 basis point rate hike on their meeting at the end of the month, which I believe is... Uh, like the 25th and 26th, and then um, Apple, uh, for all of you that are not on Androids like me, uh, you if you're watching their stock, they report earnings like the day after the Fed open market meeting. And why that's important is because people look at their 401k, they look at their um, accounts to see and feel their wealth. And Apple is a massive part of the S&P index, the S&P 500, just the FANG stocks alone. Uh, Facebook, now it's Meta. Um, Apple, Google, um, I would Nvidia, um, Microsoft, <coughs> excuse me, Amazon. They they account for like twenty five to thirty three percent of the entire S and P's weighted index. Which, if you've been listening to my videos, you know a lot of money inflows into ETFs, which buy these indices, these indexes. So, big big news coming out at the end of the month. If Apple's earnings falter and you see that stock come down, you might see another leg lower in the stock market. I am not a financial advisor. I am not responsible for your profits only or 
uh, losses. Did I say that backwards? Uh, so anyway, uh, big news coming out. Now, look, if you have people on the fence about buying a house, rent is too damn high. Rent is going up. Uh, you got to watch out for that. You know, if you have people that are like, ah, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Had they bought a house anytime in the last couple of years, obviously their rate would have been historically low, but they would have fixed that payment and been gaining appreciation. Now, not only if they didn't buy and they're renting, their rent is going up too. Not just according to the CPI report, but pretty much every single data fact we've ever seen. Holy smokes, these waves are amazing. Um, too bad I gotta work at a desk for a living. Um, anyway, so we have to convince people to get out of renting and because um, rent is gonna go up, but you can lock in a payment. 2-1 buy-downs, very popular right now. We're about to uh, be completely live um, in just a couple weeks here. And um, anyway, uh, we just, you know, we've got to put people in houses. That's what we have to do. Um, it's, uh, you know, being a, a renter, you gain no wealth and no equity and you make a landlord rich. Um, my guess is some of these people here are landlords. They say that 90% of millionaires didn't do real estate. Uh, so anyway, got to start somewhere with that first time home buyer purchase. Hopefully this inflation um, can get tamed. Um, I've just not seen it anytime soon. So, you know, we just got to deal with the food and energy prices, the gas prices, and uh, do what we can to make do. Hopefully this was uh, somewhat valuable for you, breaking down some of the numbers. Sorry for my short video and my rambling. I wish I'd caught sunset for you. Uh, it's getting close. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.